So good to uh, be with you here this morning, Morena, and uh, online this week. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll be in person right here in church. But this is the last week online. We believe that mandates are leaving very soon, that COVID is leaving very soon. And uh, some of us have actually been sick with COVID the last couple of weeks. And uh, I had it too, and my whole family and a lot of staff here. And thanks so much for praying for us. Thanks so much for looking after us. We, we've been given meals and love and messages and the prayers. And thank you so much uh, that we look after each other. And if you are sick, if you're struggling with things, make sure you tell us so we can also pray for you. God bless you. Well, I'd like to start with something funny. And I heard about this little girl who was sitting on granddad's lap and she noticed how wrinkly his face was. As she contemplated the difference between his face and hers, she asked, Granddaddy, did God make you? He kind of laughed and said, hey, yes, honey, he made me a long time ago. Then she asked, did God made me? He said, yes, he made you just a little while ago. She thought about it for a moment and then said, Granddaddy, God is getting better, isn't he? <laughs> Less wrinkles and yeah, I know, how, I know how it feels like this, but uh, it's all good. Hey, we're in the middle of our vision series. We had vision day maybe four weeks ago and uh, we released our new mission statement, which is, come on, all together, transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. And then we saw three words with that, three important key words. One is presence, one is passion, and one is purpose. The first one is presence, is that this church is built around the presence of God. It's the most important thing. God is the source of everything. And we want God to be first in our relationships, first in our marriages, first at our work, first in our finance. The Bible says that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things flow from this and will be added to this. So that's very important, presence of God. And then we've been parking a little bit in, the, in passion. Passion is really talking about our relationship with ourselves, the development of our personhood. It's about being sons and daughters. What does it mean? How do we grow? And how do we grow in relationship with other people? And then the third one, we'll talk about it next week and a little bit this week, is all about purpose, in particular our mission to seek and save lost people, the mission of Jesus to make disciples of all nations and transforming the world with his goodness. Amen? Amen. So today I would like to still continue with the middle one, which is passion for our own transformation and growth. And I want to talk about a passion for process. To have a passion for process. We are all in a process. We are all a work being made holy and righteous and being sanctified. I am a work in process. A work in progress. Amen. And hopefully we're getting better. Hopefully we are growing as better people, better versions of ourselves, from strength to strength, from glory to glory, as the Bible says, from faith to faith, renewing our mind. Wonderful what God is doing in our lives. Philippians 2 says this, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is working in my life. He's working in your life. In Amplified it says this, for it is not your strength, but it is God 
who effectively is at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, creating in you a longing and the abilities to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? God has a vision for your life. God has got a vision for my life, and he's working in our life, strengthening, empowering, guiding. He's working in us and creating a longing. I love this, a longing for him and a longing for ourselves to fulfill that purpose that God has put us onto the earth for. We all have a purpose. We all have a purpose, and there's a growth track for each of our lives personally, but also as a family and as a church. Amen? So God is directing us into that purpose. God is directing into the thing that he has for your life and for my life. And it is a process. It is a process that we go through in order to fulfill our personal destiny in him. Now God loves it when we embrace this process. It says here in the scripture that it gives him pleasure. And I'll tell you something, it also gives me and you pleasure where we find the things that we were meant to do, that we are finding the things that we were purposed to do and we were made to do. There's nothing like it in our lives. You know, we are parents and some of you are also parents and there's nothing more beautiful than when our kids fulfill their destiny when they start to grow as a small kid you know boy girl and they start to grow and learn the things uh, my kids all they were into basketball first they were in, in soccer which I love football which I was grown up with I was never good at basketball I played a little bit but terrible but I was a good I was a striker in with soccer anyway with football and so um, all the all our kids actually played and they were actually very good but uh, because of some influences, I think at, um, at their church, uh, sorry, their school, uh, Middleton Grange, uh, and also at church, it's wonderful that, that the whole thing of, of basketball came up. And I love basketball, by the way. And, and I saw them growing, all of them in their own way. And I love, and other things they've done in their lives, the way they study and like the different people who are involved here in our church. And it is wonderful to see, but it's also terrible on the other side. There's nothing worse than, see, than, than seeing your kid fall off the radar. To make, to make wrong decisions, you know, to, to spit the dummy, to not walk after God anymore and to make some bad decisions that's really sad and really bad uh, in our lives. But I tell you, honestly, there's nothing more beautiful than finding what you were made for and that you find the sweet spot of your life. I often say to you, I love doing this stuff and I love playing drums. There's two of the things I just love because I just love worship and I love expressing my worship through my drums and also singing, but also love preaching the word of God. And, and I, I, this is my mojo, it's my life, it's what I do. And so I love this, it's my sweet spot. It makes me feel alive. What makes you feel alive? What were you born for? What, were, what did God put you on this earth for? But I tell you, there is a process to go from what you are meant to do, what you're called to do, and the realization of this thing. You could call it your prophetic purpose, the prophetic 
unction over your life and over my life is something. All of us have a prophetic unction. And there is a time, a process between that, that utterance and that call, and even as you're young and then growing into maturity, there's a process with this. And often takes time for us to step into the mantle that God has called you to carry. Because often you are too young or too small or not enough big person to be able to carry this mantle in your life. So God has this process to get you ready to be able to fit perfectly this mantle, this, this thing, this calling that God has given to you. And we see this all throughout Scripture. God gives a prophetic destiny to someone, and then the process begins to fit that destiny. And often it takes years to be able to go there, could be decades sometimes, in order to fulfill that destiny. They come to us in seed form. A seed is planted and it starts to grow like any tree, like any vegetable in this way. Because most of us are not ready when this word is spoken. You're going to be a great evangelist. Oh yes, I'll go today, I'll be a great evangelist. No, no, it's going to be in 20 years time. But God is now preparing your heart and he wants you to be faithful with the call or the destiny or the willing and the working that he's in you, putting in your life, the desire that you have. He says, now be faithful to study and to, and to enhance this gift that you've been given so you can become this thing, what I've called you to do in five years, 10 years, maybe even 30 years time. If he gave it to you right now, you would explode. You couldn't cope. You haven't got the maturity in your life. And so God takes all of us through a process to get into the thing and to get ready for this work. Now, for example, Abraham, when he was called Abraham in the, in the beginning, Abraham, he was Abraham, he had Abraham. He had an amazing prophetic call on his life, a promise in Genesis 12 about being blessed and that the whole world is going to be blessed. Every family was going to be blessed through Abraham. And so God calls him out of his country. I feel, I know what it feels like, out of his country into a place he doesn't really know about to receive a great inheritance and that he would become the father even of our faith. So he went out not knowing where he was going. And by faith, the Bible says, he lived like an alien in the land of promise. I know how it feels like. And like an alien in the land of promise. And some of you feel like that because you have a promise somewhere, but you still feel like an alien. God has taken you out of something into something else, but you're not there yet. And you feel like an alien. You don't belong yet. It's hard for you. Maybe you feel like that even today. I know exactly how you feel because I felt like that for many years, even in this nation, even though I was called to this nation. It takes a while for, for the process to come and for you to be able to walk into the anointing, into the call that God has for you. See, Abraham was in process. He was on his way. Come on, why don't you say to your neighbor, hopefully sitting from someone sitting next to you, say, hey, I'm on my way to my promise. I'm on my way to my promise. I am on my way to my prophetic destiny. But then you may say, but where is it? I had this word spoken over my life 20 years ago. It's still not there. And you're disappointed that God hasn't, well, you say you blame God, I guess, that God hasn't done this or the people hasn't done this or people haven't seen you or this thing hasn't happened. That's hard. Well, I'll ask you a question, truth questions. One is, that God is always at work in you. Maybe you're still in process because you're just simply not ready for that. The other thing I really want you to encourage today 
There can be a prophetic process in your life, a prophetic destiny, but you can say no. Your choices in the end will, can make you say yes or no or can even delay the process of where you're going. So I suggest you also look at yourself in your own discipleship and say, Lord, is there any way that somehow I have split the dummy? Somehow I have said no to this process. Somehow I've stepped out of the boat. Somehow I've just stopped going after this thing. And I tell you what God told me just now this morning. I was preparing for this. I've, I felt like some of us have given up. You've given up. Somehow, even these last two years, I mean, I felt like giving up sometimes, you know. I mean, it's, it's been a tough time for many of us, you know. Everything has been upside down, you know, and all these things happening. And it's easy to give up. And God says, don't give up. Like Churchill, never, never give up. Never give up because God is faithful. And if you stay faithful to God and if you start making those choices, I was so blessed last week by Matthew Waite. He was speaking and then he was talking about his testimony that he went to the bank to get a mortgage for another house, or a bigger house. And then they were looking through all his things and said, what about this one? This is giving to God, it was tithing. And it was quite a big amount. And he said, um, you can't touch this. It's not my money, it's God's money. See, he would, he would stay faithful and he, was not, he actually was not able to get this mortgage because of that. He was able to say no to something because he knew that he wanted to put God first in his life. He says, God, the tithe is God, so I'm going to never rob God. I'm never going to say no to this. So he said, I'm going to be faithful. And I know how Matthew is going to be blessed in this way because he's faithful. Sometimes the choices that we make will determine our future. And I tell you, God is calling you to make Make choices that are according to his word, according to his work, according to the desires of your heart and his heart, so we can go to the purpose that God has for you. Can I have a good amen in the room? Amen. amen. Man, God has such a dream for your life, but he needs you to be, become bigger. You got to become a bigger person to be able to fit this dream. Come on, let's become bigger persons. Let's become bigger people. Amen. I'm not talking about physical bigger. I'm talking about bigger people in our mind, in our wisdom, in our commitment, in our faithfulness. Bigger people. You know, sometimes this process is not very pleasant. Like I said to you before, sometimes you have to wait for a long time. Sometimes things are happening which are not very nice. You are excited about something that's been spoken over your life, but then it takes a long time. Where well, Abraham knew exactly how he felt. Man, he was so excited about going and God has got this promise, going to bless you. And then he came into this land and the first thing that happens is famine. A big famine in the land. And I'm sure that he said, God, where are you? I thought it was going to be prosperity. You told me I was going to be blessed. And that through my life, everybody else is going to be blessed. But then this famine happened. But he remained faithful. And God, he became, and Abraham became just a beautiful, beautiful uh, father of our faith. Same as Joseph in his dream. Remember Joseph? I don't know if you know Joseph's story in the Bible. God gives him a dream. He's the youngest son. And it gives you a dream how his brothers will bow down to him. That he'll be the leaders over the brothers. That, wow, that's amazing. You are destined for the palace. But of course what happens, he shares with his brothers and they don't really like this idea. And they actually put him into the pit. They, don't, don't, they want to kill him, but they don't kill him. They put him in the pit and then he gets out of the pit the whole journey. There's a process of him. He is destined for the palace. But right now he's in the pit. Maybe you feel like that. Man, I, I sometimes felt like that. I'm in the pit, man. I'm, I'm not doing well. I'm, I'm, this is not where I'm meant to be. Trust God. Trust God. 
because the, the story of, of Joseph is so amazing how, he just, how God is through his life takes him out and then places him in honor in this beautiful land. And then later on his brothers do bow to him and the fulfillment of his destiny will happen in his life. Sometimes there's battles in the way. There's even tests in the way that God may even test you and I, may test our heart, what's really in our heart. And when we come through this test, it becomes a testimony. It, it becomes a testimony of God's goodness in my life, in your life, and then it can testify to other people. And the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then my testimony becomes a prophecy speaking into another person who's also waiting in this moment to see how he can fulfill or she can fulfill her purpose in this way. It's so wonderful. God loves you too much to keep you small. I'll say it again. God loves you too much to keep you small. He wants you to grow, to be a disciple, to train you, to discipline you to grow you into everything that he has for you. And so he invites us into this process to become a bigger person so we can really fulfill the destiny over our lives. Amen. Look, even David. I mean, David was anointed also. Boy, the, all the boys, all the sons were there. Where is there anybody else? Yeah, somebody in the, in, in the, um, in Weiland, uh, in Nederland, <laughs> in Weiland, in the, in the, um, help me, Johnny. <laughs> in the, with the sheep in the in the in the um, in the mountains, and the thing is, though, he says he was an unlikely leader. He was small stature. He was handsome, but he was small. And God says, "Hey, that's my man. That's my man." But hey, he was not going to go straight away to be a king because he was anointed to be a king. He finds himself in a cave, not a king, a cave. Hiding from Saul, hiding from his men. And there was a whole process of a long time for him to be faithful, not to kill Saul, not to take his own a destiny into his own hands, and to make sure he's faithful to be able to get to where he ended up to be the king of Israel. Even Israel itself had a prophetic destiny to go to the promised land. But it took him 40 years to go through the wilderness to be able to get ready for this because they had been slaves for 400 years. They were not sons. They were slaves. They were not soldiers. They were slaves. And so for 400 years, God had to take them out of this orphan spirit, out of this slavery spirit, into a sonship spirit, so they'll be able to go into the land after, after 40 years, sorry, 40 years, uh, into the land and go into this process. They had been slaves for 400 years, but it took 40 years, as you know, for them not to, to go into the promised land. They were in the wilderness for 40 years as God is preparing them, the process of preparation, that they would know how God takes care of them, that He is their battle, that He is this victory. That's why I love this song. Every victory is yours, but they didn't know that. So they had to learn in this process, in this thing. Man, this is such a picture of our lives as we come to God, we come as an orphan spirit, an orphan son and daughter. We've been disconnected from God. And then the beautiful thing of the gospel, we get connected to God. And then we become sons and daughters of God. We're from orphanhood into sonship. Sonship is daughter and son. It's a generic for sonship. And we then become sons of God. And then he starts this process for us to grow into everything that he called us to do. I want to say to you is, don't give up. Some of you have become a little bitter. Maybe what some people even, maybe what some pastors even have said, don't become bitter. 
Seek God, read the Word of God, worship God, and stay on the narrow path and honor and worship God with your life. He is training you. He is discipling you. He is disciplining you. One more scripture and then we're done. Hebrews 12. Have you forgotten his encouraging words, God's encouraging words spoken over you as your children, as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of discipline and training of the Lord or get depressed. Some of you are depressed. Don't get depressed when he is to correct you. I tell you something. I know that we correct one another in love, I get this, but honestly, some of us are so allergic to correction. I'll tell you something else. If you are allergic to loving correction, you will never grow. You will always spit the dummy, you will always run out the room, and you will not grow. There is a time when you take your depression and you say, no more depression and no more things like this. I welcome, I have a passion for process. I have embraced the process that God has me on. That's what he says here. Or get depressed about correction. For the Lord, verse 6, is training your life. Sorry, I said, for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love for us. So God is training us. He's showing us that he loves us by training us in our lives. Then he draws him to ourselves to be his delightful children. Then it says, verse 7, listen to this. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who has never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. Come on, let's all say authentic sonship. Let's say it again. Authentic sonship. Don't you want authentic sonship? I want authentic sonship in my life. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. Wow, what a powerful scripture and what a powerful invitation to embrace the training of God, to embrace the discipline of God, to embrace and be passionate about what God is doing. Do not be afraid because he's doing it always out of love. You don't have to be afraid of God. He's a loving heavenly father who wants the best for you and he's working in your life. So let's, in, let's embrace this process. So for us to come into our destiny, the fruit of this discipline it's beautiful. It's powerful. You know, it says here, embracing the process is really embracing God's love. See, we change in His love. We change out of His love. And we change being loved. It is so powerful. You know, the prophecy over your life, the prophecy to you, has to become the prophecy in you so that it can become the prophecy through you. How wonderful. Presence, passion, purpose. The prophecy over our lives, we all have a prophetic destiny. God speaks over our lives even when we are born. 
And then in the middle of it, we have this process to become it in you, to become everything God has created us to be. And then we, we, we can be everything God is going to be. And like one of the mentors that I have is growing sons and daughters to release the kingdom of God. And that's what we're called to do in this way. When we receive God's love, when we are changed by God's love, and when we give out of His love, we will grow and grow and grow. So today the challenge is that we surrender to His love, that we surrender to His process, and that we surrender to everything that God has for us. I want to finish with this. Even Jesus struggled with this at the end of His life. He said with His assignment, He prayed this. He prayed, Father, if possible, may this cup be taken from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus even here struggled with his assignment because he knew he was going to die for the sin of the world. But he says, not my will, but yours be done. May that be the posture of our hearts that we say in the process that God is doing in our lives, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And we surrender to this process. It talks in the same book here in Hebrews 12 now, as for us, we all have great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, each affirming faith's reality. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to even miss the boat. Say, hey, well, how do I know that it's God's will for my life? The wonderful thing is God does the willing and the working in your heart to fulfill your purpose and His purpose. So I always say in that regard, what do you want to do? What is your desire? What are you pulled into? That is most likely what God wants you to do because God has already put these things into your heart. We look away from the natural realm and fasten our eyes on Jesus who births faith within us and who leads us forward in faith perfection. His example is this, and here we go. Because his heart was fulfilled with joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had to go through this process too in his life in order to give us our salvation, to give us our freedom and to give us purpose of life and what he says, the abundance of life. Even Jesus had to surrender to the process. He had surrendered to the process. Are you ready to surrender to the process? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your prophetic destiny over each of our lives. Lord, you have such good things planned for each one of us. Such amazing dreams that you have for each one of us. And Lord, today we say yes to the process. We say yes to the process. Lord, we embrace what you're doing in our lives. And we are passionate about becoming everything you have called us to be, Lord Jesus. And we know that you're going to be with us every step of the way, encouraging us, strengthening us, discipling us, training us, loving us. And Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for this beautiful journey that we are on. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's all say amen, amen.